Our gospel reading is from the 14th chapter of Luke. Jesus has been invited to dine with a Pharisee. It's the third meal with Pharisee, and the story starts with another third. This third time that Jesus challenges the Pharisees about rules for what you can and cannot do on the Sabbath. Listen now for the word of God. And by the way, I'll, this is a reading from the uh, Common English Bible, the more contemporary language version. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to share a meal in the home of one of the leaders of the Pharisees, they were watching him closely. A man suffering from an abnormal swelling of the body was there. Jesus asked the lawyers and the Pharisees, does the law allow healing on the Sabbath or not? But they said nothing. Jesus took hold of the sick man and cured him and then let him go. And he said to them, suppose your child or an ox fell into the ditch on the Sabbath day. Wouldn't you immediately pull it out? But they made no response. When Jesus noticed how the guests sought out the best seats at the table, he told them a parable. When someone invites you to a wedding celebration, don't take your seat in the place of honor. Someone more highly regarded than you could have been invited by your host. The host who invited both of you will come to you and say, give your seat to the other person. Embarrassed. You will take your seat in the least important place. Instead, when you receive an invitation, go and sit in the least important place. When your host approaches you, he will say, Friend, move up here to a better seat. Then you will be honored in the presence of all your fellow guests. All who lift themselves up will be brought low, and those who make themselves low will be lifted up. Then Jesus said to the person who had invited him, when you host a lunch or dinner, don't invite your friends, your brothers and sisters, your relatives, or rich neighbors. If you do, they will invite you in return, and that will be your reward. Instead, when you give a banquet, invite the poor, crippled, lame, and blind. And you will be blessed because they can't repay you. Instead, you will be repaid when the just are resurrected. When one of the dinner guests heard Jesus' remarks, he said to Jesus, happy are those who will feast in God's kingdom. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and may the thoughts in our hearts be acceptable to you our rock and our redeemer. Is your faith strong enough to wait? I heard about a lady who went to see her doctor, and you know, you don't ever go to the doctor's office without being given a clipboard and a bunch of forms to fill out, even if you were there two days before. They always have forms. But after the paperwork, this lady was escorted to the little examination room and told that doctor will be right with you. She waited and waited and waited. 
And then she waited some more. After an hour or so, the friend who had brought her to the doctor's office went to the receptionist and said, you know, my friend's been in there a long time. Can you check on her? What's going on? Well, they checked her around, and lo and behold, there was this meek lady sitting quietly, waiting, even though nobody had come in to check on her for an hour. Now, that's a lady with way too much faith in people. Eventually, the doctor get to, got to her, and he didn't charge her extra for all that time in the waiting room. <laughs> but I'm not asking about your faith in people, or even doctors. I'm asking about, is your faith strong enough to wait for God? That Princeton professor and preacher I mentioned before, Cleophas LaRue, has written that faith, faith trusts that we will not be overlooked by God. And he asked, how often do we jostle for positions, reach for titles, run for the top places in order to signal to the rest of the world that we have arrived? Jesus consistently spoke of how the exalted will be humbled and the humble will be exalted. Still, we lack enough faith to believe that sometimes we feel forgotten by God. In the 15 verses describing a banquet Jesus attended, Luke tells us a lot about faith, about pride, and about the kingdom of God. Well, first consider the healing of the man who had what some translations call dropsy, and others refer to as excessive or abnormal swelling. These days we call it generalized edema. It's what you take a water pill for, such as Lasix. That kind of swelling is not just uncomfortable, it's hard on your heart, it runs up your blood pressure. But in Bible days, people thought that this swelling or dropsy or edema, they thought it was a symbol of greed. You see, even though the body's saturated with water and the person kind of feels bloated and puffy, the person drinks more and more and more water and then wants more. So Jesus has been invited to a banquet where he's being closely watched. And the first thing he does is ask the people if the law allows healing on the Sabbath. And when they say nothing, Jesus heals the man of his physical condition. But it's also people who were, had any kind of disability or condition in those days, and sadly to some extent these days were marginalized, were pushed to the side, were not paid attention to. And in those days, sometimes thought of as unclean, not to be associated with. So he healed him not just of the physical problem, but of his social situation too. Then Jesus observed that jostling of guests for the best seats. What the Greek text says, I've heard, is that they were looking for the first couches. You see, in in their culture, dinner guests didn't sit up at the dinner table. Well, sometimes if you invited women, they'd sit at a chair, but most of them reclined, leaning on one elbow and eating with the other hand. They'd have a low table surrounded on three sides by couches, kind of forming an upside down U. The center of that U would be the host, and on his right hand would be the most honored guest, and his left hand, the next most, and you kind of knew where you ranked 
by where you were sitting at the table. Well, in this setting, Jesus gave some practical advice on how to avoid getting embarrassed and how to gain some honor by taking the least important seat. But this is not Jesus playing mismanners or giving etiquette advice. Jesus is making a bigger point about pride. That all who lift themselves up will be brought low. Those who are make themselves low will be lifted up. That kind of reversal of fortune is a theme throughout the Gospels. So what's so bad about pride, you may ask? Well, the problem with pride is that way too often pushing ourselves up means putting other people down. Pride says, my life, my family, my accomplishments, my talents, my gifts, my wishes, my wants, whatever is mine, matters more than anybody else's. The problem with pride is there's so much me, me, me there, there's not much room for you and none at all for those groups we lump together in that less important category called them. They're not like us, they're them. The, the problem with pride is it's all about me and there's no thought for the us. Well, social psychologists and others have studied various ways in which we see ourselves better than we are, certainly better than others. Insurance companies found that, I don't know, close to 70% of the people they surveyed thought they were better drivers than everybody else. <laughs> Fashion magazines, beauty magazines, their readership said, oh, we're better looking than most people. <laughs> it's kind of like, um, remember Lake Wobegon with Garrison Keeler where every child's above average. Well. <laughs> Not quite the way averages work, right? We think that we're better, smarter, whatever, than others. It's kind of like that thing I clicked, uh, posted on Facebook not long ago. It said, uh, I've reached the age where all those people my age look much older than me. <laughs> well, that's the illusion. That's what we would like to think. The Scottish poet Robert Burns suggested one cure for thinking we're better than others. Now, I'll give you the more English, modern English translation of what he said. Oh, that God would give us the very smallest of gifts to be able to see ourselves as others see us. It would save us from many mistakes and foolish thoughts. We would change the way we look and gesture and how and what we apply our time and attention. Or, this is how the Apostle Paul put it, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Do not claim to be wiser than you are. Do not repay anyone evil for evil, but take thought for what is noble in the sight of all. If it is possible, so far as it depends on you, Live peaceably with all. As the dinner guest of an unnamed Pharisee, Jesus also gave some hosting advice. Telling the man, when you host or lunch or dinner, don't just have your friends and family and those who can pay you back. Invite people who can never repay you. Those days, if you were 
lame or blind or otherwise poor, you didn't have, you, you, you scraped by on the kindness of others. There's no chance to repay for that kind of invitation. Well, like the people Jesus described, we have that quid pro quo attitude, you know, before I scratch your back, I need to know if you can scratch mine, right? But Jesus says, invite to the table those who can't repay you, who cannot reciprocate. You see, you and I, we have been invited to the heavenly banquet. And that's certainly a, a favor, an invitation we cannot reciprocate. We can only accept Jesus' invitation to his banquet. You've often heard me quote Jesus from Luke, the 13th chapter, in the invitation to the Lord's table that people will come from east and west, from north and south, and will eat at the kingdom of God. Well, at least one of the guests at the Pharisees' banquet caught the bigger picture, the deeper meaning of what Jesus was saying. For we read, when one of the dinner guests heard Jesus' remarks, he said to Jesus, Happy are those, blessed are those, who will feast in God's kingdom. Thanks be to God. Sometimes your faith will be tested and waiting. Trust that God will not forget you. Rejoice that Almighty God loves you and knows you by name. Tame the foolish pride that strives for possessions and positions in this world. And remember the happy are those who will feast in God's kingdom. So now the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, Make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord, turn his face toward you and give you peace.